Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. I uh, hope you're having a nice day. Probably on the road. Maybe you're in the, the, the work. Maybe you're in the workshop. Maybe you're, uh, in a I don't know, wave. in a heat wave at a family dinner at the beach. Killing time with us. We're happy to have you here. We've left a seat open for you. Um got a good show for you today, Zuckerman. We got uh, John Taffer. If you don't know who John Taffer is, he's the fella who hosts Bar Rescue on Spike TV, which is now the Paramount Network. And I did his show, uh, I think I did a show two weeks ago, his podcast. I really like this guy. He's got a lot of wisdom about business and bars. And uh, I invited him on the show when he's in L.A. He's in, here today. He's going to step in. And I, you, I you find this guy to be a kindred spirit because I, I really get he's passionate about what he does and he wants to apply certain basic principles to business. <laughs> and he's trying to apply these principles to people who uh, – with people who are idiots basically yes. and drunk. Yes. These are the wrong people to go into the bar business. They want to make their hobby their business, and you can't do that. Well, this can is going to be good. You're going to have a lot of questions for him. But uh, before he steps in, he's not here yet. Um, we should squeeze in a little bit of car talk. What, what's the latest? Uh, ben Clymer sent us an interesting oh. text of uh, of the, uh, his Zagato, right? That was his Zagato 356. Right. What number is he? Shell. I know they're building them out of sequence. We're number. <laughs> we're course. numbers. It's Italy. Why, why go by sequence? I, Build number nine first. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was eight. I, I I know we're the last to be built, but we're number seven. And he might <laughs> be. The, he might be the inverse. He well, might be okay. number number nine, but. I would like to think I would like to think that they're getting better at this as they go along. Yes. I would hate to have number one. Uh, is, Let me see if I still have this picture. Are, are you able to post it on your feed? I don't know, but it is absolutely stunning. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it was uh, it was a darker gray metallic, like a gunmetal metallic with tan interior, and it's I'm looking at it right now. Now, I, you know. People will see the car soon enough. There's no, there no, there's no wheels on it yet, <laughs> but it looks like it's like my life. The yeah, wheels came off. The, the 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 body is on the chassis, and they're putting it together in that little garage where I stood not long ago in Milan, and it's uh, spectacular, spectacular. I still want. You think we're going to get this car by 2020? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Have they even figured out the money part of that I yet? I don't think so. I don't think they know how to give us wiring instructions so they get the money. You would, you would think that the people who want the money know how That's to get not the it. money. They are their fabulous operation. It's it's the anti-corruption laws in Italy that take any money that we send from here to uh to Italy, everything gets shut down. They they you know, the 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 country confiscates it unless you Dot every I the right way and cross every T perfectly. The only so people who can get money a... are the mafiosi. 
Yeah. Otherwise, if you're normal, you can't get it through. Is that true? Uh, yes. I don't think that they're stopping the mafia well, that, in Italy. Well, I thought it was anti-corruption. Okay. I don't think they're stopping the corrupt people. <laughs> As usual, the corrupt people know how to work their way around the system. Now, I haven't uh, I haven't put these shows in order yet, um, but we're off to Monterey soon. Um, wow. We may have already we've already may have already had Monterey. <laughs> I don't know if you're listening right now. It may have already happened, but we recorded this before. Um, it it feels in our little group of guys right now. Doesn't it feel a little quiet as far as the lead up uh, to the exciting week of Monterey? That always makes me suspect that <laughs> our our big friend has some cars in mind. Really. Well, you know, when he goes radio silent, it's usually because he is going to surprise us with something. And you think he's got a, an eye on cars up in Monterey at the auction? Yes. Well, it is the 70th anniversary, and Jerry does not definitely thinks that way. Like, yes. I should buy something that week yes. <laughs> to commemorate it, even though I've been buying all, all year long. Well, you remember he was done. Is there anything there that you've seen? I, I haven't yes. been, been paying attention. Yes, the Gooding Catalogs just came in. Yes, and the Gooding Catalogs are great, and there are two smaller cars that I absolutely like, and, and for no reason other than I like them. There are two 25th anniversary 89s. There is an anniversary uh, coupe, a G50 coupe, and there is even better, an anniversary uh, cabriolet. And they're both in the anniversary uh, silver color with a special gray or silver interior with black piping. And both cars have perhaps under 10,000 miles. One owner who bought them originally, and they are super Super clean. I think they were in the Friday auction, Spike, if you want to look at the auction. I was trying to get – now uh, Now nothing's working here. There is I also blame, that real one – one. one. Is, it, is it a silver color yes. or is it that weird platinum – No, no, no. It's a silver color. Silver. Okay. Not a goldie. Because it was – 25 is the silver anniversary, Spike. Here we go. All right. Here we go. I got I got everything up. Is there a 917, or they just threw that picture up? There? They just threw that picture. But there is a there is a 918. There is also one off 911. Okay, here, here are these cars you were just talking about. Okay. You you like these cars, huh? Do you? They, they are lot three and lot four right off the top. So this right. will be the first day, right? Friday. Right. And people might be wow. asleep. Oh, I've seen these before. These you are like lovely. Them? Yeah, they stand, yeah, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful, right? Beautiful. 13,000 miles on the coupe, 13,000 miles, documented with a bill of sale. That's beautiful. What a car. Yeah, Zuckerman, I think you're exactly in the right place. Yeah. You, you, you're spending money on these cars that have not been collectibles really yet, right? I've known about them as collectibles. I think we've been talking about them, but now they're finally getting noticed. And this car has a lot of room to move. And the cab, let's see, what are and, we and they're 12, estimated 12,000 miles. Did these car, cars come out of the same collection? Yes, they did. obviously. And, wow. And the cab has a lower estimate. And I do. I would really like a, a, a G-body cab. Now, why, why is that? Why would I like a G-body no, cab? No, why, why does the cab have a lower estimate? I think because right now... Coops are hot. It's just the taste. It's just a, it's it's what is collectible at the current moment. But I'll tell you what the cabriolet has that the coupe does not have, my friend. Besides an open top, roadside repair gloves. <laughs> have, has any, has any, have any of the listeners ever seen what came with the Porsches in the eighties? What did you call it? Okay, I'll call it the murder kit. There, <laughs> there is in the you would get if you see an original car. 
Those little gloves, they come. They're the they're little pl- white gloves. Yeah, they yes. come in a plastic yes. envelope, mm-hmm. and they're. There's like graphics that show like all the things you could do, like gardening, cleaning stuff, even doing like a chemical experiment. <laughs> you made a joke about what serial killers do. They when when, well, when you're an accomplished serial killer, you bring these a, gloves. It not only do you get the gloves, you get this this like tarp that you can fold out. <laughs> Have you seen the tarps? I think you're supposed to lay the tarps by the side of the car so you can get underneath and not get dirty. So you think this is mislabeled? <laughs> I just laugh when I see it in my 89 Turbo. It should say roadside serial killer kit. Yeah, it's just missing. You, you supply the rope and the duct tape. And we've got the rest. <laughs> see, that you're right. This is the car to get. You definitely not buy this car. Oh, Zuckerman. You know when uh, we had uh, we had Jerry O'Connell on the other day, he was doing he listens to the show. He was doing Zuckerman I'm so impressions, upset. <laughs> and when he did his impression, I said it's a little too dumb guy. And I, you know he's an actor, so I said he said let me give you an adjustment as as a writer. You need more predator. <laughs> you just proved my point. Your mind goes right to predator. You also you know told it, him you it know was, what it looks like. No, they look like white gloves. That's all. I'm going to take a picture for any when, when this thing airs. I'm going to take a picture of what's in my '89 Turbo, and the listeners can comment whether they too think this is like a murder. I, I know kit. what you're talking about. It is funny. Well, also, you I'm told laughing. Jerry O'Connell. But do you, have you ever the, use that crap? The only two times I'm only saving time- it for my next murder. <laughs> Dumbbell. <laughs> I get. I have a little box of those little vinyl gloves, like the food service gloves, in my garage. I use those. You what put about them on. Hairnets? Huh? Do you have hairnets? Not when I'm doing repairs. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about hair getting in my stuff. It's only the other times. Where's John Taffer? Do we have a? We have an update on John Taffer? He's nowhere to be seen. There's another car that I okay, think our talking. friend may be interested in. Okay. And it is an odd. It's an odd bird. Is it, it is a '65 911 one-off Cabriolet by Bertoni. Bertoni is a styling exercise for Porsche. Made a Cabriolet version of the 911. I've it's, been seeing this car everywhere. Yeah, it's quite. And it's a, that interests you, huh? I, it's just I think these one-offs eventually are really collectible. It's like the one-off watches we saw when the when the watch guy was here, when Boutros Boutros was here. <laughs> the, these things later, when somebody says, look, I, this is a one-of-a-kind, some crazy Germans and crazy Italians made in 1965. Yeah. It's totally bizarre. It's totally Italian in its looks. It's really goofy looking. The front end looks like an old Corvette. Right. I mean, it doesn't really look like a Porsche at all. Not at all. all. It's not at all. It's like the Italians had disdain for German styling and just said, we're going to start with a clean sheet. What I really dig about the car is the odd placement of the gauges above the shift in a a vertical arrangement, uh, one on top of the other. So, so I'm to, looking at that. So it's so not. It's a, it's a tan interior. Oh yeah, look at that. Wow. It's so weird. There's so there would be no gauges where there traditionally are in a Porsche in front of the steering wheel. They're to your right and they're stacked horizontally in front of the shift. He's got uh, a great California plate 911s and a space 66. Um, the estimate on this car is seven hundred thousand to a million dollars. Out of our range, but not out of our friends. It's uh, and it reminds me of where I think this Zagato that we're building is going to go. Right? It's the, these cars are going to stand out years from now, and you're going to go, "What is this? Where did this come from?" Except our, I think our car is a lot more beautiful. Yeah, this is a little weird. This is a little. This is a little weird. It's but very you, Bertoni. I, I, you can imagine. 
Wow, look at the headlights. You, you know, this car will be welcome at Villa Deste. Yes. Right? That's where you see a car like this. Well, you can't, on, the, on the lawn please at do a, Please do a decadenay. Uh, voice for me. <laughs> no, come on, just say. I want just, Alan to come on the show. I, just I don't say, want him just to tell think me we're one more time. I'm not, not going to do that. No. Come on, just tell me that he wants to. How he said, "You must give me the car, Spike." <laughs> come on, I really want that car, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll trade you. No, no I want mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I should have given him the car. It didn't matter. No. My wife packed it incorrectly no, and it broke, a, and he didn't have the car. Now I feel bad. He no, should have had feel both bad. cars. This, this just shows, you know, two men fighting over a toy. It's, <laughs> it's He's wonderful. He's passionate like I'm passionate. So this car was uh, commissioned by uh, John von Neumann. Who, of course, was the Porsche importer. Mm-hmm. He was the Porsche importer. From he, Competition Motors, yes. Culver City. yes. Very influential in early times uh, in the got, factory. I like the ownership uh, track. Mark J. Smith, then next, who was not very influential from Lynchburg, uh, Virginia. Maybe he was. I, I don't know. Then Marv Tonkin. That's familiar. Ron yeah. Tonkin, somehow yes. related to Ron Tonkin. Yes. Portland, Oregon, though. And uh, then acquired by its current owner in 1993. I don't know. I, I don't see Jerry driving around in this car. But he he does buy odd pieces. Mm-hmm. No one wait, else no, is going to oh, have what it. What is this about Carmen Red over Cream? Was that the original color of the, of the 911? Ooh. Uh, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just reading too far down. The lavish interior was also different from that of a standard 911. Future seats finished in the shade of Carmen Red. Uh, okay, uh, Mumbler. Well, well, it would appear that it's the color change then. Not desirable. Well, it's an everything change anyway. Anyway. I don't think it matters. (laughs) You've changed the whole deal. Uh, You know, uh, speaking of cars, do you realize sometime imminently in the next few days, Will Hoyt is finally going to deliver my 65 911 that he has been restoring for several years? John Will Hoyt. John Will Hoyt, the laconic laconic restorer. The slate gray car? Slate gray over black factory sunroof, mofo. Oh, my God. Yes. That's un- that's going to be an incredible. I totally forgot about this car. And I just I didn't let him go all the way with the engine. He wanted to go full psycho, full Will Hoyt. Right. And I said that'll ruin the character of the car. But right. let's just give it an extra maybe fifteen percent power. So it's done. It is done. They they are test driving it and dialing it in right now. Oh my God! What are you going now? Look. Okay. This, this is, is a, a three-way dr- this car. This is a very dramatic moment. This is a three-way car, by the way. Do I own a piece of this car? <laughs> I don't even no, know. but you could. <laughs> so you have, you have three owners in this car. Do the other two guys care? Yes, very much. Very much so. Okay. So here's my question to you. Will Hoyt is probably, out of all the people we deal with, the best at delivering something finished. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. The absolute best, right? So do you roll the dice on that? Or do you go down and give that thing a little bit of a drive Saturday morning? No, I think the best way for me to do it. So I there's take... n- so there's just zero risk of any disappointment, even though he no, no, delivers no, 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 cars. No, there's a hundred percent risk of disappointment. There is a hundred. <laughs> but even if you with... go down with him and you do a little drive, you know, what I in would, it... I would, I would prefer because if I do that drive with him, I'm still going to miss stuff. So I'm going to drive the car for a month. And I'm going to keep a punch list in the car. And then when I think I know everything that needs to be fixed, I'm going to send it back to him. Are you going to, is this the car you're bringing up to Monterey? 
if it's of sufficient quality, I may, or if we decide to bring something more modern, I won't. You can't. Every time we do, every time I've done that, it's disappointing. It's about old cars. Pebble's about old cars. Right. But I have a Will Hoyt Motor uh, 356 Speedster. You've got your little Will Hoyt deal. Jerry, yeah. Jerry has everything. Everything. <laughs> Five and of everything. And our plan is to now drive back, too, right? Well, you know, but that can change. All right. Remember you're not going to fly up in that little rust bucket airplane, are you? In the Winnebago? We, have the Winnebago. <laughs> we are. No. With a pilot named, what was his name? Mohammed or <laughs> no. Ahmed. You were terrified. <laughs> not of Ahmed. I had no problem with him. He was an accomplished pilot. It was the Winnebago curtains. <laughs> it really was. T- airplane that made me a little nuts. Well, Do remember, we have an update on Tepper? He's 10 minutes away. Remember our friend? He he said he was going to fly us back and then just said, okay, I'm going straight to New York and left <laughs> us. Do you, you left want me us. to call you a plane? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll have Mr. John Taffer. You know what? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. The pair I'm wearing right now to podcast. They're the go-to, do not underestimate their importance, pair of pants. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles, Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, folks who like to keep moving. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, or you're the type who walks the earth in search of something, these are the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits at a price that works for you, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone, and don't forget the iconic patch in our stitched W American icons for over seven years. Visit Wrangler.com and check out the great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. I wear these pants. I love them. Wrangler. Denim made for the modern world. Shut it down! Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future. Broken! I'm also a best-selling author, and I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, no excuses. I only yell at calls. Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people, and I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass, but I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down. When it comes to technology, the difference between consumer-grade and business-class PCs is just as marked up as it is for commercial flights. And for many, the upgrade is worthwhile. Here's the difference a business-class device can make for you. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize battery life over processing power. Business-class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, allowing users to work faster and longer while on the road. Every HP Elite PC comes with HP Elite Premium support, providing 24-7, 365 dedicated service from U.S.-based specialists who are dedicated solely to supporting HP Elite products. Business class devices help their users take advantage of their advanced features with free bundled software that is not available or requires an additional purchase on consumer-grade PCs. For example, 
HP Elite family products come with security software and features that protect at the data, identity, and device levels to help keep proprietary data safe. To create images that have the impact you want as a graphic designer, you need a laptop with high computing power that can handle multiple functions. And when you're searching for a good laptop for graphic design, you have every right to be picky. HP has a go-to choice for graphic designers for years because our powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user experience. We strive to serve the pros, the beginners, and everyone in between. HP Elite PCs are designed to pass MIL-STD testing for and are tested for 115,000 hours to HP's own testing standards to help ensure durability. New HP EliteBook 700 series notebooks are also made with Corning Gorilla Glass and a magnesium alloy chassis that's 18 times stronger than plastic. And right now, get an extra 10% off select 8th generation Intel-powered HP PCs with Spike, that's me, until September 17th. When you go to hp.com forward slash spike. That's hp.com forward slash S-P-I-K-E. You're using promo code spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Spike's Car Radio. John Taffer's here. Uh, this is my co-host, the real Zuckerman. Ah, uh, one of ah. your biggest fans, by the way. That's good we to hear. Love, love your show. Awesome, I love buddy. your intensity. And yes. that show is Bar Rescue. It's uh, started on Spike TV. It's now on Paramount Network. Have you done 50 seasons of this show? No. You've done over nine years, though. I've nine done 169 years. episodes. And then 20 back to the bars. Four Taffer's Worst. So we're up at about 204 episodes. You know what I love about your show, if I can interrupt for a second? Please go. I love, you're so good, but the human material you're working with and trying to impart your knowledge to is so bad and so incorrigible. It's almost like parachuting behind enemy lines on a suicide mission. <laughs> it's like that you. It was and, inconceivable before I saw it. You know, when I did the show, I said to the network, let's make this real. Make it hard. Give me challenges. Oh, uh, but never did I expect anything to this level. It, it it defies logic. So right. for those who haven't seen the show, quickly give us the top line of how it works. I'm dropped into the worst bars <laughs> in America with the worst <laughs> operators you could ever imagine. I'm given really three and a half days to turn mm -hmm. it around, which a lot of people don't realize how tight the timeline it's is. It's impossible. Yeah, so uh, I get there, I do my recon. After recon, we turn the cameras off. We put all the employees in white vans in the parking lot. And then I go in that night and design the bar off camera. So, so design it in what way? Everything, uh, the whole thing. So I've never been there before. I've never met the people before. So I got to walk in and come up with a brand, a design, and I have to do it that night. Wow. Then the next morning, which is day two, the stress test and the training, right. I got to finish all the design elements. I got to pick the bar stools, the wallpapers, the logo, all the food and beverage. Then if I can't get one wallpaper because it's not available, then the bar stool I picked doesn't work. So right. I got to change that to fix this. By the end of the second day, I have to have the logos, the food and beverage, the recipes, everything done. After stress test, which is the second day, right. as soon as stress test ends, we pull all the booze and everything out. We start remodeling that night. Day three, you see I train in a different location. Day four, three in the afternoon, those same white vans pull up with people in blindfolds. We reveal the bar. I do remodel it in 36 hours, and I've never been there before. It's a freaking pressure cooker, man. And it's four days, two days down, four days again. Two days down, four days again. And are they upset 
when they see their bark? Half the I time. Mean, I mean, it seems they're upset like, when I get there. I get a hug at the end, but they're definitely upset when I get there. It's a rough few days. But just think of all of the people that we know in the, all the business. Now, Zuckerman's a personal injury lawyer. He's got his own firm. But think of the alcohol business, Zuckerman. Well, this is why and the, I wait, was... wait, wait, wait. The willfulness of the of person. Of course. Of and course. then this guy's the, coming the, in and he's, changing it. This is why I relate to him. My personal injury clients are almost as defective as the people. He's right. He's the, right. They all, the seven deadly sins are being exhibited at all times when John's working with these people. Right. And I say he sets them up perfectly, but he's dealing with people who are constitutionally incapable of doing anything the way they're told. Sometimes when I finish an episode, I think I could use a PI attorney, to be honest with you. Right. You've got it's mental been, damage. It's been injuring. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, what's the percentage of success, really? There's an independent website called Bar Rescue Updates that was originally created to assassinate us in the beginning. Right? Sure, it's fake, blah, 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 blah. Well, they can't say we're fake because we're not. So they've tracked everyone. They do before and after Yelp scores, and, mm-hmm. and are they still open? They've got us at between 65 and 70% success, which oh, I'm really huge. proud of. Oh, absolutely, yeah. because these people are the worst of the worst. They were out of business. <laughs> they're, 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 their hobby became their business, which is never a good recipe. Honestly, Take, who, I don't think they'd come in out of the rain, some of them, to be honest with you. That's, that's, how, that's how messed up they are. They'd stand and get wet. They wouldn't open right. the umbrella. How many people have you gotten sober? How many people have we gotten sober? Because I notice you. I notice there's a. Little I bring bit, counselors in when. Yeah, because so, I've well, seen that. Well, wait so some a minute. People now, are, wait, some of the people running the bars. <laughs> oh, oh, they, they, <laughs> no! I, I understand that, but I didn't know. Now you're you're. Okay, we got to got to get him in the loop here. So I've seen there him. was one episode. Okay. I walked in a husband and wife. They're 21 days away from complete bankruptcy. Right. Taking their property, taking everything. I go in this night. This was Chilean's on 17. Yes. I talk to the husband and wife. They're so drunk. The next day, they didn't remember meeting me <laughs> right it's like cl- everyone clap Every- <laughs> that's my world it's incredible it's it's so you know, did you throw them into you would have think he should have walked right out i did actually i left them with a counselor and then and that's one of our biggest success stories they went completely sober in about three weeks they paid off the debt the place was hugely successful and, and they're one of our bigger success stories wow a you changed rescue. lives yes yeah. a real and a personal rescue you know it's interesting when we talked you always talk told me about how comedy was based upon natural yes things that happened in your life and mm-hmm. natural this is real but it's so unnatural yeah because you yeah. create this fake platform there's mm-hmm. cameras everything gets right. there a day and a half before me and this fake platform creates an opportunity for reality that's past real reality if i walked into your law firm and right. said the things to you that i said to them right. you'd belt me in the mouth <laughs> except except your brutal honesty there's something about brutal honesty with people. You're brutally honest with them, and they're desperate. Somehow their ears are open, and somehow, even though you're brutal, they know you care. That's I, the trick. Yes, you're authentic, and, and they can yeah. see that you care or you want to help. And yeah. so that brutality is coming from your desire to change their outcome. And that's the trick. If they see sincerity in my eyes, I can push it pretty far. Now, how do you? And you do. And I do. And I do. How do you get into this business now? Now you've had some successes. You've also had failures yourself, and learned from those. Sure. uh, I grew up in a business. I went to college for political science. I'm glad I didn't go into that business. Right. (laughs) Right. You'd really be fucked. (laughs) Started attending bar in college. Fell in love with it. One thing turned into another. My first management job was here at the Troubadour. No uh-huh. way. Wow. Come yeah, on. I was here at the when? Troubadour. My first management job, what? I ran the Troubadour in uh, 79 and 80. 
When wow. the Troubadour was worth really, running. Yes, yeah. I, I got here in 82. Boy, it was crazy. It was so crazy. who were the acts that were coming through there? Oh, then? I remember back then. Well, I remember the Dead Kennedys. The whole punk thing was right, ending right. then. But the Knack was really hot then. Right. <laughs> Rubber City Rebels, that alternative rock thing was going wow, on right. with the punk thing. But when I ran a Troubadour, we had the 25th anniversary. And when I took over the Troubadour, the kitchen was flooded. There was like three <laughs> inches of water on the floor. They didn't the have owner ratings. was the owner, Doug Weston, uh, rest in peace, was packing so much cocaine in his nose back then yep. that he had no money to fix the plumbing. So I got pallets, and we threw them on the floor, no and you walked on the pallets, so no the water was underneath you. It was like a bridge, and we determined that we would do a 25th anniversary. So we did, and everybody came back. When the Ronstadt, George Carlin, you know Jackson Brown, all the ones that came back for that month, we made all the money, fixed the kitchen, got the troubadour oh, back on its feet. But I burned out on three bands a day after a while. Sure. Yeah. So, so I went hard. down the street to Barney's Beanery. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> and, and, what year and was I worked that? at Barney's the same thing. So that would have been eighty-one-ish. Remember, there was some slight controversy at that time period about the sign over the cash register. Of course, with well, yeah. and it was also on the postcards. Right, and the and it was on the T-shirts. Of course, I, I don't know. Yeah. What you guys are talking about? Yes. Well, back then, back then, before it was the city of West Hollywood. Yeah. It was still it was still a very gay community, but the owners of Barney's wanted to keep that a straight bar, so they had a very discriminatory sign over the cash register. I think it says something like "No gays allowed." Or it actually was the F word. Oh. As in English cigarettes. I don't even right. want to say the word. It's right. So oh no. Yes. And then what they yeah. did is rather than. F-A-G-O-T-S, they added two Gs, which is cigarettes in English. Yes. Right. And yeah. and, and, and it was so offensive. It was on a T-shirts and it was that, on everything. And that was actually one of the driving, uh, rallying point for, for the cityhood of West Hollywood was the Barney's Beanery. An inflection sign. point. Yes, yeah. it was. It was it was something that was coalescing around that time. Wow. They were intransigent. They'd been there right. since 32. In fact, if you read What Makes Sammy Run by Bud. 1920, I believe yeah, it was. By Bud Schulberg. It, one of the one of the the taproot Hollywood uh, <laughs> novels from the 30s. Mm-hmm. He always mentions going down to Barney's Beanery. Wow. He was a writer. Yeah. And when it was built, it was a bean field yeah. around it. That's is what that it was what called it was? Barney's Beanery. It was built in 1920. Is that if I'm why? Not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. History, and I remember yeah. we had 260 some odd beers. And and anybody from England, all the rock stars, they would get off the plane, come right to Barney's Beanery, drop their suitcases, and have warm beer at Barney's Beanery. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what my my most horrific. Bar experience. We, I was at Barney's Beanery. Must have been eighty three, eighty four, and there, a guy ran out of drinking money, and he bet the crowd that he would go into the t- men's room, take out the urinal cake, and take a bite out of it if somebody <laughs> would buy him a drink. And oh. sure enough, he did that, John. And, and he took. A, and, and you had this, those were great days. Yeah, skinny beanpole bartender back there. I can't remember his name, but he was he was so shocked he gave the guy a drink. <laughs> Please, the antiseptic quality of, of the drink would help. Well, the greatest thing that ever happened to me in a bar business happened to me in a Troubadour. You'll love this story. All right. Let's this see. is around 1979, and this particular night, Doug Weston gave the Troubadour to the Native Americans. So there's Indian drummers, Indian dancers, Indian comics, suede, turquoise. It's, mm-hmm. it's a major event. This was the night that the Washington Redskins lost a football game to the Dallas Cowboys the last 20 minutes or so of the game. Cowboys, Indians. I had a $20 bet with a friend of mine. I'm standing at the end of the bar at the Troubadour drinking my ginger ale. He walks in the front door and says at the top of his lungs, those effing Redskins. I look up. (laughs) 
And he says it again. Those effing Redskins. Oh, they broke his collarbone. The man walked into a room <laughs> expecting the normal rock and roll count. Right. That's a true story. Now, yeah, you would have yeah. had a field day with that as a writer. But that's a true story. And he said it twice. The second time he said it loud, I thought it, thinking it was a normal rock and how, roll. How did they though. break his collarbone? Well, well they a karate chop? Or? No, 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 no. A bunch That's of a them jumped on him. <laughs> a bunch of them jumped on him because they didn't want him to say it a third time. Oh, I they see. thought he was screaming it, being an being an ass, but he wasn't. He right. was referring to the football. So <laughs> they jumped on him. He went down, broke his collarbone, and the next day they're all at the hospital, you know, bringing him gifts and signing his cast and. That was the funniest thing ever happened you in the bar business. Do you keep a scrapbook of this crap? You I have should. a lot of stories. Yeah, I have a lot. Hold on. Time to pay the bills. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing you're going to wonder about, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE and tens of millions of Chryslers and Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit form and function. And Continental has OE technology series multi-V belts for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. Well, let's go back to 1982, the year I graduated high school, where you organized a contest called Thanks for the Memories. Oh, it was boy. a 10-week-long event where girls competed to win a breast augmentation operation. That's correct. And the girls who lost got booby prizes. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and, hold on, and the girl who won had to do a before and after brassiere, which we bronzed and hung over the urinal in a men's room. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the That's way. That's life right. in 1982. Right. This is 82. This is wild, out of control. Yeah. You can't do those promotions. What kind of promotions do you recommend now? So, oh, it's very different today. Right. You know, everybody is no, so remember. offended by everything. Well, listen to this one. I mean, you can't yeah. even have a good time anymore. You know, I grew up uh, in Cape Cod, so I'm coming out of, in, in the summer. Uh, uh, I'm going to school in Boston. I'm going down to Cape Cod to bartend wherever I can work. And I remember uh, Sunday was like the, the – the, they had these contests in a pool where you would – like two o'clock in the afternoon, start doing shots, and then okay, everybody jump in the pool and let's see who can stay underwater the longest. Oh my God. <laughs> so you're drinking, and then you come up and you go, all right, more shots, and you do six or seven shots So somebody pukes in the pool or or dies or drowns. <laughs> Safety last. They pull them out, and it you know. I was in a Guinness Book of World Records doing a bar promotion. We once did the longest FM broadcast in the bottom of a pool in history, and I got a radio station to do this. So they got the DJ in a frog suit. It was almost like the scene from The Graduate. Mm -hmm. And he had a microphone with a rubber balloon over it Come that on. they tied. And I, this is true. So they dropped the guy, and I have three cutaways over this half-hour show on a radio that they have to do live cutaways. So they do the live cutaway, and it didn't work at all. The guys But actually, they had to do two more cutaways with the guy under the pool. Bartending is so much fun. I, I miss it. I miss Again, it so much. You see I, all I, human, all human behavior. You know what I saw too was uh, well, a lot of great people, a lot of lively people in in, in bar business. I've I've uh, I've almost been shot twice bartending. 
Now that's now now you know in another show recently, I think it was Jerry O'Connell. I was talking about how many times I've been at the wrong side of a gun, and then it was I said to him it was only twice. Now I just remember two other times. How do you forget something like once, that? Once, <laughs> once uh, uh, doing a promotion for Moosehead beer in a hula hands, and, and an off-duty police officer thought I was a real moose and pulled his gun out to shoot me and was going to do it. He was in a blackout drunk until the bouncer. Thought he was him. a real moose. That, that's, that's yeah, a... he punched me in the head first, and I fell. And then when I got up, I saw him reaching for his gun, and luckily, it's your moose outfit. <laughs> Imagine this, and this is a very true story. That is probably the least uh, sympathetic way. Everybody's going to laugh at that. Off-duty cop shoots moose in bar, right? Except for my folks. They're going to be very upset that 19-year-old Spike Ferriston is dead. And then at the same place, it was Hands in uh, uh, Faneuil Hall there. Um, it, again, like 2 in the morning, so a bar fight breaks out, and I'm carrying ice. I was a bar back at that time. I'm hauling ice to the bars. And, and an off-duty cop, again, just is in this fight, and he's losing the fight, and he takes his gun out right next That's to me. Massachusetts. Starts, starts firing. That's Massachusetts. But I'm firing into the air. I'm, I didn't shoot the guys, and then the cops tackle him. How long were you at Barney's? I was at Barney's, I guess, two years, two and a half years. What, what, and those were crazy days. When I worked at Barney's, Stallone used to come in mm-hmm. pretty often. Super Tramp would come in all right. the time. It was a scene when I worked at Barney's and back what if, then. What What do you have to do to that bar? To, are you managing it and changing it, or were you just well? Keep well you it know, you come money? in as you come in. The owner, whose mm-hmm. name was Irwin Held, who since passed away, uh, uh, ran it. So I was on what they called the number one bartending station, which was right in front. So you uh-huh. have all the regulars and such. But Barney's was a scene. I mean, you'd grab the microphone and you'd say something, and people would all start dancing. You know, you'd grab the microphone because you had to order the beers in the back room, right. so you had a microphone behind right. a bar so you'd say stuff you know like what is spike wearing that t-shirt you know and everybody would insult you you know we'd say <laughs> to people put a quarter in a jukebox you cheap so you know where people would walk up to his barney's was you know the prerequisite of a place called dick's last resort which is the rudest bar in america right where you mm-hmm. walk in they curse you out they right. sit down chewing gum barney's was sort of that way it's rudeness made it cool mm-hmm. and still there today right still there today yeah it's uh, more, mostly used as a sports bar. I think I if think I'm so. going to go watch a game, I might go there. I think it lost its caveat a little bit. It's not quite what it was. Yeah, no yeah. Ca- yeah but uh, there's 700 things on the menu, yeah. you know. <laughs> Are there beans on the menu? I think they're all, they're all beans they were all beans. Well, we had the second best chili in Los Angeles, is what they said. If wow. the and the first best. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man knows his stuff. That's yes. right. Wow, look That's at right. that. And yeah. it said on the back of the T-shirt, it's second funny. best chili. Yes, <laughs> very funny. So after after Barney's, what what happened? So after Barney's Beanery, I was uh, recruited by a headhunter to go to Grossinger's in the Catskill Mountains. No way. Come on. So I went to Grossinger's in the Catskill Mountains as food and beverage director, was there uh, through the end, uh, almost 82, when the family sold it. And Mark Grossinger went to work for Donald Trump back then, and Mark passed away in a Trump helicopter that went down on the Jersey Turnpike yeah, back then. Yeah. We're all about and, to pass away from that. <laughs> and, and, uh, I hear you. And, Trump and, helicopter good. known and, as America. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I worked there for a number of years, and then uh, eventually opened up a nightclub in Philadelphia called Pulsations. And our robot, which was an alien robot, a $400,000 robot, was in Rocky IV. Wow. And we, we built the nightclub. I think it was the greatest nightclub in the world called, yeah. called Pulsations. People can mm-hmm. find That's it online. That's in 80s. It's 80s and 90s. 83 it opened. Wow. We had a four-and-a-half-ton spaceship, 27 feet in diameter, that flew over the dance floor. No way. Doors open, dry ice, fog would dump, and a $400,000 <laughs> robot came out and said, Whoa, Whose idea was check that? this place out. It was a bunch of people. But it was, who it built, was a lot of who built the $400,000 robot? So there, it was a company called International Robotics from New York who built the robot. <laughs> but, of course, the uh, Acme uh, yes. of Robots. 
<laughs> the act- yes, yes. And who spent $400,000 on it? The Pulsations was owned by a gentleman by the name of Leon Altimos, who wanted to build the world's greatest nightclub. And imagine this being wow. in the production business. Every Monday, I'd get a handwritten note from him that would say, because they didn't have emails and, right. and text back then. Every Monday, I'd get a handwritten note that says, remember, John, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And he was the kind of owner, if I went and said, listen, I want nine of these lights, he'd say, why not 20? Right. <laughs> and, and Philadelphia that's what happened. We did was kind of a, of a town back then where the, you know, there were still guys that were mobbed up in Philadelphia. You have to deal with those guys? Oh, yeah, in the Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, Leon Altimos used to build his hotels and stuff non-union and had remote car starters in his car. Used to have to send right. his family down to Florida. And 60 Minutes did a big special on him trying to build non-union in Philadelphia. Sure, they, <clears> that was, these, those were the days they were blowing people up. So remote, right. That's the right. remote car starter is to, of course, so you don't start blowing up. Before you're in it. That's yeah, correct. You're in it, so <laughs> there was, well, there was a year in the late 70s, I think, in Cleveland where I think, what was it, uh, they blew up 100 cars? Yeah, I think it was the Roofers Union. Really? was the one that was really tough, yeah. Yeah, wow. they were, yeah. yes, they were. And, <laughs> and particularly too. Philadelphia, Baltimore yeah. was another city yeah. that was big, but those East Coast cities, oh yeah. So blowing, there was no such thing as What are they using to blow up a car? The C4, they, they, were they, they were using plastic to, explosives out of the military. And it was Guys hooked up to your the, ignition. Yes. Yes. Wow. Or radio, and they would blow people up. Like the movie Casino. Like Casino, yeah. right. That's right. Right. So imagine being so fearful that you send your family down to Florida to a place nobody knows where they are. You're using a remote starter for your car, and you still build the next building (laughs) without them. I mean, that's balls. Yeah, that is. I wonder what that remote car starter looked like. Back then. It was was just a little button. A little button that you could do it? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, let's, you know, we don't have much time here because we've got to give the studio over. Let's talk about the Paramount Network. Um, They just gave me the five-minute sign up there a little. Uh, Let's make it a great five minutes. uh, (laughs) You were a huge thing on Spike TV. Spike TV has now pivoted to something called Paramount Network. It's more of a premium network, more of an HBO. They took your show along. Mm -hmm. You're killing it for them. When where are we at right now? Is there a new season coming up? Are we in the new season? What's there the, is so so. Give me the, the whole rundown. So we just shot twenty more. Twenty. I just shot twenty more, Holy so they're cow. in a can now. I believe our last episode of this season is in about two weeks. We go down okay. for a few weeks for football. And what night are we on? We're on Sunday night, ten o'clock. Sunday but we 10. still have our marathons all day Sunday, right. every Sunday. Bar Rescue runs about wow. twelve to fourteen hours a day. We're now on weekday mornings very often as well, three or four episodes in a row. So uh, this is incredible to me because I never thought this would happen, Spike. I thought I'd do a pilot and go home. Bar Rescue is now being broadcast almost 25 hours a week, over 100 hours a month, other than newscasters. Wow. I'm the most broadcasted person on television. <laughs> Statistically, can you believe Doug that? Doug Weston's troubadour. Yes. And, and, and Who would have known? Who would have known? Jack Clampett of What age do you go into television? Oh, I just went seven seven years ago. I got this idea for the show. Somebody came up to me in a speech and said, "You got to be on TV." No, I was giving a keynote speech at a convention. Some guy comes up to me and says, "You got to be on TV." So I write this thing up called "On the Rocks." I go to a friend of mine who runs Paramount (laughs) Television, right? And he says to me, "John, you will never freaking be on television. You're not good looking enough. You're too old. Forget it." So I walk out of there. You like the story? And I'm a little pissed. So I shot my own sizzle reel. There you go. I sent it to four production companies, and I got four offers within two weeks. Really? I then picked three ball, because I thought Mm -hmm. they were the best equipped. They were doing Biggest Loser and such at the Mm -hmm. time. And Spike picked up the show four days after I signed with three ball. In less than a year from that guy telling me I'll never freaking be on television, the series premiered. 
And now, 169 episodes later, it just, you it ever just call that guy keeps up? going. Sure, we have some fun about it. But it just <laughs> keeps going. I mean, we have we just had ratings. By the way, Paramount now owns the show, so <laughs> yeah. he's fine. Yeah. So, so, so we still have ratings as good as 2014. and, and our wow. first. How many countries year. are you in? So we're in about 3,400 television channels in four different languages. I would love to hear you. I would like to sizzle Peruvian real you in foreign fun. languages. Peruvian is fun. Yeah. The Brazilian version is fun. Me screaming is one thing, but them crying is where it really gets hysterical. <laughs> That's correct. Well, it's, uh, it's a huge success for you. I congratulate you, sir. Thank well, you, buddy. Very nice meeting you. I really Same enjoyed here. going on your podcast, which Same is also here. here at Podcast One. What's the name of the podcast? John no Taffer, no excuses. No excuses. You can find John's podcast, No Excuses, here at PC1. You can find the show on the Paramount Network Sunday at 10. Uh, you can catch up with Zuckerman uh, in Hollywood if you've uh, fallen on a banana or you want to sue Toyota or something. <laughs> Zuckerman has a giant collection of Porsches because he wins. Ooh. And I have the most fun on Instagram. And we'll see you next week on Spike the Car Radio. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing... True price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for, for the same car you want and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.